morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And Andrew Cashflow, and everybody knows this man as the Cashflow King. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how on January 1st of 2023, 1 billion XRP was removed from the escrow, doing something we haven't seen before. While Cardano was massively dominating the crypto market in one particular category, we discuss how important this metric is. Quant Network and Matic are showing a bullish indicator for 2023, while BlackRock is bailing out a prominent Bitcoin miner with a new $17 million loan. And with the year of institutional adoption finally upon us, we break down the details, showing our listeners why this year could be one for the history books. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a lot to get into. But before we get into that, happy New Year's, my friend. Happy to see your beautiful face. How you feeling? Yeah, first of all, let me just say same thing to all you guys. Happy New Year to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Good morning also to you guys as well. Gonzo, uh, Cashflow, and, and Abs. I hope you guys all had great, great New Year. It was really awesome. It was really fun. And uh, excited to uh, hop into the new year. I think 2023 is going to be, I think, life-changing for most of us. So uh, put your seatbelts on, guys. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting, but I think, fun, fun journey. Gonzo, one of the first things I said when we walked into 2023 is I said, I can't believe this is the year the XRP lawsuit comes to an end, my friend. But before we talk about that later in the episode, how was your new year? And how, thank you for being here. Um, it was good. Happy New Year. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Um, it was really good, man. It was real chill, like stayed at home with Shelly and we just kind of hung out. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to, uh, you know, 2023 um, and, and how things play out. I think there were a lot of lessons learned in 2022. And I think 2023 will be about applying those lessons, right? While um, I think that we'll see some positive price action in 2023, um, I don't think we're going to get anywhere near all-time highs. But what it's doing is it's preparing us for 2024, uh, and the end of 2024, when we start to see the beginning of the end of the or the beginning of the bull run. Thank you, Gonzo and Andrew Castle. Always excited to see you. How you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good evening. Good afternoon uh, from uh, from the Netherlands. Yeah, happy New Year to everybody. Eps, Johnny, uh, Gonzo, and all the others who are uh, watching and listening at the moment. Yeah, it was a wonderful uh, uh, yeah New Year's Eve, and uh, and actually I had a, a week of holidays together with my uh, with my girlfriend. And so I had a wonderful time and happy to be back. So uh, let's let's go into 2023. And for me, I also have to forget something about 2022. But it was because it was not all positive. But uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm positive guy. So we look forward and we look to the better uh, stuff in uh, toward 2023. Better days are on the horizon, Andrew Cashflow. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in moderate fear. Johnny Crypto, big surprise here. Sitting at a 27, but when you look at the daily movers, it's green overall. So I want to get a quick comment from you, Johnny. How do you feel about the first show being a green day? 
Well, you know, it's always nice. Nothing like you just said. Let's forget about 2022. <laughs> forget that soul bitch. Move forward. Nothing like starting off the new year on a green day. It definitely certainly positive. Good way to start the year. I love it. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And you're going to have to give me one more second because I'm locked out of my total coin market cap right now. Let me <laughs> log right. into that and then I'll pull it up for us. While you're doing that, it's interesting to look at Solana being the one that's got one of the greenest bubbles considering you had one of the reddest in, uh, in 2023. In 2022, it is going to be interesting to see how that holds up. But, oh, here we go. There's the, there's the coin market cap. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to dive into the total coin market cap. We're sitting at $808 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. You got Bitcoin sitting at 16,700, Ethereum is 1200, XRP is 35 cents. And Johnny, we got Quant Network down here sitting at 108. Overall, we are at 800 billion in total market cap and we haven't been at these levels since 2017, but Andrew, how do you feel about the market overall? Is there any particular project that you're keeping an eye on? Now, yeah, actually I was a little bit surprised about the XRP and I think you also have a nice article about XRP. So I was a little bit looking at the spike this morning going totally down and then up again. However, it went down with about uh, 15% or so. And then I'm looking further, but actually XRP do, does that all the time. So there's nothing new, you know, some, some news is under the sun and then uh, it's overreacting. I think there is so much emotion in the market at this moment. And uh, yeah, you know, we can take advantage of that emotion, advantage of the, of the volatility. And that's what, that's what I like the most in the, uh, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's also what I teach in my uh, in my course. Take advantage of the volatility with only twenty minutes per day. Thank you, Andrew. And I want to give a shout out to our good friend Waters Above Crypto, Johnny. What do we say every morning? Another beautiful day in the Matrix, my friend. And we can thank Jordan for that great saying right there. Yes, he says, "Wishing you all an amazing New Year in the Matrix at the Three T Warrior Academy." We're sending that energy straight back to the Wolf Pack. But Gonzo, I'd love to get some comments from you, and then we'll dive into some articles for today. Yeah, you know, it's same old, same old, like kind of just moving sideways. Like if we don't get above 16, 8, 17,000, uh, then, you know, we're coming down. Really paying attention, like if you watch the Waters podcast, to what's going to happen in the next, like between January 3rd and basically January 13th. A lot of different things. That full moon energy that comes in um, on the 6th uh, is going to be really interesting. And, and it's what we've been looking at is making that uh, final kind of flush down. But, uh, you know, we'll take it day by day and see how it goes. Thank yeah, you, Gonzo. Oh, go ahead. So I just want to give a shout out to the Wolf Pack as well. Ah, woo, 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 to our man, Waters Above. We love him and the whole Wolf Pack out there. Uh, it's been a great, uh, you know, friendship that's happening there. And yes, thanks to him every single day. We, we welcome each other into the matrix with a good morning text. It's freaking awesome. He probably doesn't know that, but that is great. 100% Johnny Crypto. And check out this interesting graphic I was able to find this weekend, as these are some massive bullish indicators for two projects that we love to talk about, which is Quant and Decentraland, but also Engine, which is an Ethereum token. We got 170 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And uh, Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you right here. 23% of the quant that is purchased on exchanges is moved into private wallets in the next 12 months. And that's one of the highest metrics in the market overall. I'd love to hear if you think that's important. Why do you believe quant holders are moving so quickly off exchanges? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, that's just a lot of speculation. My, my guess, if I had to guess, it's a combination of one, people not trusting exchanges, and two, probably an indication of something people plan to long, hold long-term. When you take something off the exchange, it's either because you don't trust the exchange 
or you have no plans on selling it uh, or maybe maybe for a while. So that would be my guess. But Johnny, again, can I, I give you my quick take and I'll kick it right back to you? Yeah, sure. I think at Quant Network and their holders are more educated than the other people because this particular project, if you're going to talk about Quant Network and why you're buying it, it's one of the most difficult use cases to fully understand when you think about comparing it to a Bitcoin or an Ethereum. But if you're able to understand what Quant Network does as an aggregate, you probably understand that you shouldn't be using an exchange as a way to keep your crypto safe, right? So they're probably, I mean, that's just a funny guess, but that's just my take. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, that that holds true though for any crypto that um, when you realize how the exchange work, you may not want to keep any of them on there. Why Quant is the highest, my guess is, People are thinking to hold it long term because I think everybody's hearing the $10,000, $12,000 price for it that was thrown out there. And I think until we get anywhere near that, nobody has any plans on selling. That would be my guess. Thank you, Gonzo. And I'd love to get some comments from you. Engine is an Ethereum token and everybody knows that. But what do you think about Mana and Quant being moved off exchanges? Um, you know, I, I think that the the numbers could be a little bit skewed because – of everything that happened with FTX and people kind of moving off exchanges. I mean, that's what we tell people. We constantly remind them, you know, not your uh, keys, not your crypto. But I think it was the FTX collapse and for them to see it and being thrown out there in mainstream media that kind of activated people to kind of do that. So, um, you know, we use that as a metric sometimes uh, when they're moving certain cryptos off of exchanges. But I feel like as a metric, that, that's probably going to be a little bit skewed in the future because um, most people are, are moving their stuff off of exchanges, right? Uh, when it comes to quant, I mean, there are a lot of people that um, deal with quant like they do Bitcoin, right? So you know how some people just Bitcoin um, or buy Bitcoin and store it like consistently and they just yep. stack Bitcoin. Some people do that with quant where they just buy quant and they have no intention of selling it. Um, in the future, they're just going to hold on to it for a very, very long-term time horizon. Um, as far as like mana, um, you know, I was always a believer of sand more over mana. I've never really owned mana, um, just sand. And then engine is that NFT kind of platform gaming thing. So I can see a narrative, especially when uh, play to earn uh, starts coming back. Um, you can see engine. I mean, cause engine's pretty beat up. I was kind of looking at it the other day, but yeah. Thank you. And I'd love to go to Andrew next. Anybody who watches this show, Andrew, knows that you say not your keys, not your crypto. And it seems that a lot of Quant Network holders seem to agree. What's your take on this article? Yeah, and, and not your airdrop. I mean, uh, airdrop is mostly in the, in, the, in the Cosmos environment at the moment. But, uh, you know, it, it's wise to take your crypto off, especially in these market circumstances. Everybody or a lot of parties were over leveraged. We have seen it. Uh, there, there is a sort of domino effect that, uh, that that one one crypto exchange goes down or one party goes down, the other goes down. So I more than understand that that people take it off. And, you know, I also did today, I did an, an analysis of what should you do? Hold your crypto on a, uh, on a hardware device or on a software wallet. Actually, it doesn't matter so much because your crypto is anyway on the blockchain. And actually for me, it's even more convenient to hold it on a, on, a, on, a, on a software wallet, for example, like Exodus or Atomic. But it is absolutely wise to, uh, to do it. And unless you do not have any plans to sell your crypto, uh, take it off. Or else, what I often do, I leave 20% on the exchange. And then it must be a major exchange. Just in case if it makes a spike, like what Quant did recently, it spiked. I, and during the top, I, I sold 
at, at 100% profit, I, I sold uh, 20%, and now it's down again to my uh, buying level. So that's yeah, what I already said. That's also taking advantage of volatility. But that also means, Johnny, you, you know absolutely everything about it. That means an exit plan. An exit plan can be executed all over the time, but you have to be aware and alert when to do it. So you must be alerted. So there is something happening. Be aware because else then maybe a week later you look back and think, oh yeah, sorry, forgot about it. So uh, yeah, that's we like uh, this team so much. We all do something. <clears throat> and we make, uh, yeah, if possible, we make some money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and abs, I think just to wrap up this section here, I think, and somebody, one of our, one of our users actually said it there in, in the announcements uh, that it's, it's one of those things where I think FTX woke a lot of people up. FTX really forced a lot of people to be like, Hey, you know what? This isn't safe. Exchanges aren't safe. I'm getting out of here. Now, the way I look at it is a little different. I look at it as FTX wasn't here for 2013 and 2017 bull and bear markets, but Binance was Kraken was those exchanges survived it, which tells you that they didn't over lever. They weren't doing things that were illegal. They survived both the bull and the bear markets. Right. Yeah, so definitely. some of those exchanges, for example, I feel a little more safer because they know how to manage, you know, go through this, this, they know how to navigate through these bear and bull market waters ftx was a complete scam from day one most likely uh, it obviously didn't know how to navigate it we all know it was fraud it was all set up and done incorrectly but i think the debacle of it is what woke people up it's like holy shit i need to get my stuff off the exchanges so i think that's why you're really seeing a large uh number of um people moving stuff off exchanges which is a good thing right as you said not your keys not your coins so keep it off yeah uh, it's probably the safest bet going forward because you don't know which exchanges are safe but personally, I believe there are a few of them that know how to handle this, I think will be. But again, you, you still don't want to trust them. You want to have all your stuff on your on your ledgers. You know what, Abs, too? I think that um, as these companies make um, hardware wallets that are easier to use, and not that the ledger is more complicated, but there are a lot more steps, right? You got to download yeah. the app, and there's a lot of different things compared to Trezor, and Trezor has like I think a nicer kind of interface when you're when you're when you have the touch screen, right? But um, if you look at the ledger stacks that's going to come out next year, it, it re almost reminds me of an Apple um, iPod, right? If you guys remember what iPods were, it, yeah. it kind of looks like your iPhone, but all it did was play music, right? But it was the beginning stages of where the uh, iPhone went. Um, so I think as these companies come out with um, coldware wallets that are easier to use and um, Inter the interface is a lot smoother. Um, I think that will also push people into using cold storage, right? Because I think sometimes people are a little bit afraid when they see the ledger because it's like a super tiny screen and all that kind of stuff. So I think that stack um, that ledger's creating is going to be kind of a game, a game changer. And I think another huge fundamental flaw right now is the ledger addresses. When you have to type in these long pins, nobody can remember that. But imagine if it was just johnnycrypto.xrp. That's going to make it so much more simple for the retail investor. We get a Jesus great Christ. Why'd you have to go give out my password? Son of a oh bitch. my <laughs> goodness. If I Damn, was gonna, that's, that's there it goes. It was only a matter of time. <laughs> I'm only teasing you, Johnny. Yeah, no, we got a great video prepared for our listeners here. This is a video of Brian Brooks stating that there right now is an Amazon within the crypto market. And we believe that could be Ripple. So we're going to let this short clip play right here and get some comments from the group. Here we go. And I've been saying for two or three years now that in crypto, a lot of the projects you see going on here are going to go to zero. But there are Amazon.coms in there somewhere, right? Things, you know, the major protocol layers, the significant network technologies, those are going to make it out here stronger than ever two years from now. 
but things are gonna get shaken out now. The scams, the charlatans, the easy money guys, those people are gonna get shaken out the next six months and you're starting to see that now. Completely agree, Johnny Crypto. And we can dive into the clip later where Brad Garlinghouse said, Ripple is in a position where I compare it to Amazon. It was Amazon Books in 1997 and Books is cross-border payments for Ripple and XRP. Love to get some comments from you, Johnny Crypto. What do you think of this clip? Of course he had to use Amazon, you know, the one that obviously, (laughs) of course, of all the ones he picks is that one. You all know my story in 1997 on Amazon, but that's exactly what we've been saying on the show, right? I mean, so he's just, I think he watches our show too. We've been saying that there are going to be some gems. There are going to be some horses. There are going to be some Amazons and Microsofts and Apples in this group. And that's why. You want to have a bunch of horses in this race because a few of them, you only need one. Trust me, one. Uh, but so you only need one, and that's all it's going to take. I 100% agree with him. We know there are going to be some gems in this thing. And I'm excited because I can't wait to see which ones they're going to be. And we're probably going to know, in, you know, five, ten years from now. So, again, I'm taking them with me, baby. My horses are coming with me to the future. The ones that survive anyway. Thank you. And, Andrew, I'm going to play the remainder of this clip and then kick it right to you. Here we go. And I think Ripple is in a position that I compare to Amazon circa 1997, or Amazon at those age, which you and I will remember, was, it, was a, it wasn't Amazon, it was Amazon Books. The name of the company was Amazon Books, and it competed with Borders and Barnes and & Noble. Today, obviously, it does lots of things. I think of Ripple, our first vertical, the, the books is to cross-border payments uh, for Ripple. Does that make sense, Andrew Cashflow? Does that make sense for you, my friend? I'd love to hear your take. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they will come with with a first product, but if you follow uh, Greg Carlinghouse a little bit longer, you you see that and you hear that they have so many ideas to to expand their business, like Amazon did with books. And by the way, have you if you analyze the the, the curve, the the, the 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 stocks curve, the price curve of Amazon of the last uh, or, or the since since uh, since uh, two thousand. It went up and down and up and down, also with 80, 90% up and down. People went crazy about it and see what's happening now. And I, and I totally agree with, uh, with Johnny that, that there is so much potential also in, in XRP, but I'm also sure in a lot of other coins, there is so much potential. And that's why you have, that, that's why you have to spread your eggs over, yeah, over, over several baskets or, or put several eggs in your basket. How do you say that? So, you know, and, and again, the two to five hundred dollars really apply to this. Just take your take. If, if it goes up a little bit, take your initial money out and let it sit there. Let it cook and forget about it. And then in, in, in 10 years, yeah, you will make uh, yeah, make millions. And, uh, and Andrew that, Castle. That, that, yeah, that, that's the, the opportunity we are here for with, with crypto. And, and, you know, and we are currently in a difficult period. We are really difficult because we are like 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 in 2019, and I also expect a year of sideways movements and not much volatility. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe some coins. So, but it is really the moment of of uh, yeah buying and, uh, and, 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 and 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 yeah dollar cost averaging in more of your crypto if you can afford to 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 get in a little bit. And so, Andrew, I'd love to. I'd love to emphasize the point that you just made where the easy money has basically left the market. I was with a couple of friends this weekend who are in their mid-20s, and they were talking about how during the C-19 crisis in 2020, 
they were getting $11,000, $24,000. And these are guys who I, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I haven't said a single name, but there were people across the country in that age demographic that were getting huge lump sums of money by claiming unemployment. Well, now all that free money's gone. And all of those people who made money on a pump and dump because every coin was going up in this market, all that money has not only left their pockets, it's left their crypto accounts, it's left their bank accounts, and we're back to square one. So when you talk about 2023 being a year of slow growth, I completely agree. If we're going to get a CBDC, if we're going to lead people into UBI, there needs to be a greater collapse than we've experienced right now. And that's probably going to take place in the next 24 months. Eric Gonzo, I'd love to get some additional comments. Yeah, I mean, you're not right, Abs. Like if you hear some of the macroeconomic guys, what they talk about is the liquidity cycle downturn. That's like the first phase of the bear market. It's what we're experiencing now. And then the phase two is like the credit crunch, right? Where the uh, realization of everything that the Fed has done sets in and then, you know, we get a recession, right? Full-blown recession. You know, in our day-to-day lives, we're, we already feel like we're in a recession. I know they changed the definition all that. I feel like we're already in a recession, but it gets worse, right? So there are kind of two faces to a bear market. And I think that's going to happen in 2023. So we have to pay attention to that because usually what gets hit first is risk assets, right? And so the, the way I see it playing out though, is with that initial kind of softer talk comes from the Fed, we get the rally, right? And then in Wyckoff, we call, um, uh, man, I just lost the train of thought of what it's called in Wyckoff. Um, anyways. Uh, the switch, the bounce, what do you call it? The... No, not the spring. It's before the spring. Oh, I, I know they'll throw it up there, mm. but automatic rally. Sorry. Not yeah. So, but I can see that. That's what happens. We get an automatic rally and then we roll over into the spring. So, um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, I look at this, you know, what, you know, the year of 2023 is they're calling it the year of the recession. I think you're right, Gonzo. I think this is the year we're going to feel a lot of pain, <clears throat> but it will be the setup for 2024, which will be hopefully the year of the bull. Uh, but it is a bunch of horse bullshit that they come in here and they tell us that, oh, yeah, you know, we're trying to save the economy. And and they're, all the experts are saying that they actually overpumped it, right? They raised rates too high. They're, they're actually creating this problem. And the higher they continue to raise it, just the worse they're going to make it until they start to to slow it down. And then, but there's just going to be a lot of pain to come. And I think 2023 will be, unfortunately, the year the year of pain before we hopefully get to the year of the pump in 2024 again. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Abs. You know, you guys were talking about it before with XRP or I'm sorry, Ripple being comparative to Amazon. You know, first things first we have to get through the lawsuit, but like you can see if you're forward thinking, the foundation is kind of there, right? When you think about the utility and what it does, right? When you talk about the regulation aspect of it, it's about to get the clarity that it needs that none of the other ones have until we get kind of laws that come down from Congress, it'll have clarity. Um, And so you can see kind of the building blocks of this thing. And then imagine that's just like uh, cross-border payments is what we're dealing with right now. Now we have the XRPLL, we have tokenized assets. You you have all these like building blocks of what it can be in the future and them creating something that they haven't even created yet, right? Just to build on top of the other use cases. So, I mean, it's really exciting to, to pay attention to. 100%. 100%. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 266 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, I know we already played this clip by Brad Garlinghouse, but I do just want to play this 15 seconds one more time because I think it is so powerful. And I think Ripple is in a position that I compare to Amazon circa 1997, where Amazon at those age, which you and I will remember, it, was a, it wasn't Amazon, it was Amazon Books. The name of the company was Amazon Books. 
and it competed with Borders and Barnes and Noble. Today, obviously, it does lots of things. I think of Ripple, our first vertical. The, the books is to cross-border payments uh, for Ripple. Boom, Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Wrap up this segment, my friend. And then we're going to dive into some very interesting Cardano news, talking about how developers are choosing this network over Ethereum. Of course, they all got to keep using the Amazon example. Just keep twisting that knife in my back, even though I don't even know these guys. But you know what? He's spot on. Amazon, I remember when Amazon came out, I remember being a bookstore. I was like, okay, who the hell cares about a bookstore, right? And at the time, Yahoo was the big thing. Everybody was talking about Yahoo. And boy, have the tables turned. You know, and Amazon has become everything but a bookstore now, right? And I agree with him totally. If you look at XR Ripple, and just the fact that he's speaking about his company in the same way that he saw Ripple, I mean, uh, sorry, Amazon grow, makes you realize, makes you think he's thinking of Amazon or he's thinking of turning Ripple into something like the next Amazon, but in the Web3 world, which actually really, really excites me because I like having a CEO who's thinking that way because look what Amazon turned into. Ripple has the potential. You already see them doing it. Now they start out with cross-border payments. Now they're moving into NFT marketplace, right? Smart contracts, all these other, they're going to bolt on all these things. And they said it from day one that they wanted to be all these different things. And I'm excited. But to me, that's why owning Ripple, the company, is going to be as important as owning XRP, the actual coin. So if you are an accredited investor, um, you know, I think we might have a link down below to link to. Go check it out. Uh, you can actually buy yourself some Ripple shares too. Again, not financial advice, not financial advisor. But to me, that's why I'm excited for Ripple, the company as a whole, Abs. Gonzo, we're about to dive into an article stating that BlackRock still believes Bitcoin is lead this market into the next bull run. We've got an interesting development from Ripple here. People often put this article into the background. In May of 2020, Ripple announced it had become an official partner of the ISO 20022 standards body, a multi-part international standard set to replace SWIFT system. Now, We've heard some really interesting quotes from Ashish Birla, who previously worked at Ripple, stating that they have bigger goals than replacing Swift. So I'd love to hear some thoughts from you. We talked about how they're replacing Swift. You talked about Amazon here. March 10th of 2025 is when these ISO protocols go into full effect. What do you anticipate we see before that date? Um, you know, I, I think, like I said it before, I, I think we're going to get that clarity that we need, whether it's a settlement, hopefully it's a settlement because, you know, Johnny's talked about this before. If we go to like a jury trial and then they lose, they, it can be appealed, right? And we want to get this thing totally and completely resolved. Can you guys hear me? It looks like I froze. Oh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So once we get that, we're going to get the clarity um, that we need moving forward, right? And then besides Bitcoin, that's already been called by the SEC as a commodity, XRP will be the only other one that has the clarity. Um, and I think that's going to be huge for like the use case and where we go to in the future. Thank you, Gonzo and Johnny Crypto. We've got a chart that some of our listeners may not be happy to see, but we could see an 18 cent XRP before we finally rock it to what we believe could be up to a hundred and or sorry, a dollar and 78 cents from that point forward. I really want to point out the stats that we've seen before, Johnny, when before the lawsuit took place in 2020, Ripple was at 70 cents. We traded all the way down to 17 and a half. Something is going to have to move the price chart down. Now, it could be a hit on Bitcoin. It could be a hit in the rest of the market. But do you believe we see an 18-cent XRP before we get some bullish momentum again? You know, I mean, it's always possible to retest the the <clears throat> the, the, the previous highs or, or, yeah, what are you talking about? The base. So it is possible that it could happen. I mean, you look at the chart there, you know, it's certainly not inconceivable. Do I want to see it happen? No. But if it does, you know, it's going to be a gift for a bunch of people. 
You could be buying his 17 cents. Certainly it's an opportunity there. I'm not sure how long it will stay there. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, hey, listen, anything's possible, especially what's coming in 2023. It's going to be tough times. I mean, I think we're going to have a really bad recession. There's not going to be money anywhere. And, you know, things like that. People are going to use their money for things they need, like food, you know, paying the bills, keeping the lights on. They're not going to be dumping it into <clears throat> nice to have things like these kinds of things, right? When you think of having to make the hard choice between putting food on the table or investing some extra money. So we'll see. Who knows? Very possible. We'll, we'll see what, what 2023 brings up. Uh, but um, that's my perspective. But from a technical perspective, I'm sure Gonzo could give a different view. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the uh, – on just looking at the charts and the technical, it, it's done way better than a lot of the other ones, right, um, that have broken their lows. Like when you look at Flow, you look at ADA, um, Link, uh, I believe, broke its low um, from the previous or the initial crash in June. I'm just going off the top of my head. But $0.27 cents has held up. That's the low. And when we get near it, we just kind of bounce and we hit certain levels and we come back up. There's also a trend line that comes across that's moving, um, that's kind of slightly slanting up. So the more time passes, um, the more that, uh, and we hit that trend line and it holds its support, the farther we get from like 27 cents. And, it, and now the kind of line becomes 31, 30 cents, something like that. But I mean, we had a correction, I think, in the last 24 hours. And I think we got down to 31 cents and some fractions of a cent. And then uh, I think we just rallied back up. I don't know what the price is right now. Um, but I mean, it's held up well. I mean, my buy order is at 28. It's just sitting there and it's been there for a while. And I'm just going to leave it there. And if it, execute, it executes and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, we went down to 29.8 cents this morning and Blockchain Backer is putting out some reassuring information. He's going to have a video later today discussing how he believes that the bottom is in for XRP. And one of the influencers or educators that I love in this space is Alex Cobb. He has that same energy within this market. He was predicting that this low 30 cent range would be the bottom for XRP. Andrew Cashflow, we got 284 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Me and you had a really interesting conversation before the show talking about how XRP moved all the way down to 29 cents and we're recovering quickly back up to 35. I'd love to hear what it means to you. Um, what this means is that there are, same like Gonzo, there are a lot of buyers. Buyers at the lower price. So, you know, maybe there is some over overreaction this morning because some sentiment and then a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, leveraged orders are maybe hit. And that's why it's pushing down. But immediately the buyers come into action and they buy it back up to around now where it's currently 33 cents more or less. So I think, and that, that's very positive news. Why is it holding so long already? So around the 30 cents. I mean, that, that says something. There, there, yeah, there are buyers. And yeah. uh, I think there is trust in, in XRP. And of course, there's always sentiment, always. And that, that makes, makes the volatility. But for me, yeah, will it go to 70 cents? I just was measuring from the recent, uh, from the recent top. Then you have to go 90% down. Mm, not sure. But if it will be, yeah, then uh, the buy order for, for Gonzo will be filled. Johnny Crypto, when I look at this price chart, we always say history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And if I'm going to execute correctly on an XRP price chart, I better have an exit strategy. And we created something that's going to help all of our listeners create their own exit strategy. So why don't you let that ad play, my friend, and then we'll talk about it. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. 
The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. You know, we're really excited this year. Abs for Merlin, this will be the year Merlin comes to life. Everybody's going to get to have it in its hand to be able to to actually see your portfolio. That's number one. You, have to be able, you know, if you've got multiple horses in this race and they're offered across multiple exchanges, it's very difficult to see what your portfolio is doing if you don't have a spreadsheet or some way to track it. Uh, so Merlin will do that. It'll bring it, bring it into people's hands. Two, we've got a great tool in there that's going to allow you to create an exit plan. And then three, you'll get alerts when those happen. So that when XRP, if you're lucky enough to buy it at 17 cents, and you put your exit plan in there. Someday it'll be great when you're getting those alerts at whatever price you put it at to know when it's time to sell. So we're super excited about it. Totally will be the smartest way to track your crypto. But when you're creating your exit plans, you need to know how to do that. And that's where you need to check out this man's course below. Because Andrew Cashflow in the Academy has, this is why it's so great, like the Academy, like all these things come together. He's got a course that's going to help you figure out how to create those exit targets. And then you use Merlin, you put, you pop those in there and now you got the best of both worlds. So we're really super excited for 2023 because we're trying to help this community out, trying to help ourselves out, right? We're all going to be able to use these tools. And at the same time, abs also help out all our community, our warrior maniacs um, who are looking for a better way to uh, manage their crypto. Thank you, Johnny. And we're about to play a really interesting clip here from Gary Gensler that you posted this week. And what's interesting about this clip is you were taking heat because they said it's an older video. I think it really still applies to what we're going through today. And it shows that he either went through a re-education process or someone put money in his pockets so he could change his mind. We're going to let this short clip play and go to Gonzo first. Here we go. Crypto Bitcoin to Philippine peso. That is called a bridge crypto or bridge currency. That's in fact what Ripple is trying to do with XRP. So Ripple is a company that started as a messaging, a payment messaging service to compete with Swift. And that that messaging service, uh, which we'll talk about more Thursday, has been adopted by many banks. More recently in 2018, they rolled out a prototype of using a crypto token xrp is a bridge currency i would say yes it is possible i think there's an issue also about volatility so if you're you're and we can talk about volatility later gonzo but i want to stick with the original portion of this clip gary gensler is doubling down on his take that xrp not only has a real use case but it's actually a settlement solution that's better than anything that existed in the market at that point i'd love to get some thoughts from you why do you believe gary gensler was talking so he seems very educated about this particular project, at least in this video. And a lot of times he's been claiming negligence and saying that XRP should have known that they were operating as a security. These are conflicting narratives. What's it mean to you? I mean, when you really look at it, though, I mean, like you have to take it in context of the setting, right? And so that's 
it seems or appears to be, it's like when he was teaching and he was in a teaching mode, right? If you also like spent the time to look at hours and hours of him teaching at MIT, um, it wouldn't have been a surprise that he called everything a security because, um, you know, Selman, I was talking to Selman about this. Selman got really sick. Uh, I think it was what, two months ago or a month ago. And he was like kind of in bed for a very long period of time. So he went through and started watching all the videos. And he's the one that first kind of told us like, hey, he was calling it a security back then. Um, and so you got to just kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, it's a short clip video. That's probably why. But I mean, it could be a lot of different things too, right? He could have felt a certain way about things. And then he got into power and got corrupted, whether he got bribed or just got corrupted by having all that power. Um, or, you know, he was put in that position to be a puppet, like everybody talks about. Um, you know, I think eventually all that kind of stuff will play out, you know, especially when they talk about like he's getting more and more heat about what happened with those meetings with FTX or with SPF, you know, the uh, the CEO of FTX. Um, I know that uh, we talked to Tony Edwards and um, he talked to the congressman who said that they're going to recall him because they have questions for him. Um, and while they can't impeach him or get rid of him, um, you know, they can restrict his budget. Um, and maybe force him to resign on his own. So we'll see how that plays out. Interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, sorry, I want to kick it to Andrew Cashflow, actually, before I give my take. We're showing a pretty cool graphic here. This is from Harvard talking about how blockchains are gaining popularity for many international businesses. But before we dive into that, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the Gary Gensler video? Do you believe he went through a re-education process or what made him change his mind when it comes to Ripple XRP? Um, you know, what, what I see is indeed what Gonzo also says, that that he uses unreal or not realistic arguments like with xrp xrp is currently meant for international payments that's what they are focusing on at the moment and then he says volatility is an issue volatility is not an issue for xrp when you use it for international payments because that payment is done in microseconds three three seconds you know so what is XRP moving in three seconds? Almost nothing. So compared to normally the fees and all the cost that has to be paid. So what you see is, yeah, there is, there is something underwater uh, uh, boiling and uh, I hope it will come to the surface very soon. Let cut him his budget. I'll, I'll, I'm totally happy with that. But, you know, at least make steps. Become clear with what you want so that we can pro proceed and progress with uh, yeah, with future development. But this, what we see now is, and it makes me sometimes a little bit angry, it's just slowing things down. And you know, and that also has a reason, a reason, and we spoke a lot about it already in the past. Yeah, they need to slow things down because banks are not ready. They, I think they, the, 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 the fastest that they will do is they want to have their CDBC into place. And, and they cannot, um, yeah, stand that that other cryptocurrencies maybe are, yeah, going faster in that race. You know, you saw that road. That's like a Formula One race race track. That's what we are on. And and banks and 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 central banks are really trying to, to 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 yeah to speed up. And that's yeah the puppet uh, uh, Gary Gensler is used for that. And he he also is is yeah he allows it to get abused for that. So how much money will be put in his pockets? I don't know, but I can't. Johnny, uh, Johnny Crypto, I know you got some comments. I'm going to give you the floor and then I'll give my take. 
Well, the funny thing on that video was like, like the few people that replied back, they were commenting to me like, oh, they corrected me that Gary Gensler didn't, didn't actually sue him, that it was um, Clayton, the guy before. Yeah, thank you, guys. I, I think I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware <laughs> of the fact that Gary didn't start. The point is Gary is continuing the lawsuit. He's keeping his, his the pressure on them um, for, for, for the reality of the fact that Gary, who in that video, my point was Gary. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old it is. That's not the point, guys. The point is Gary knows exactly how XRP works. And in the yeah. example that he described, okay, guys, uh, hopefully you're all smart enough to realize he's he's describing something that's a commodity, that's a currency. It's not a security. What he is doing is he's going back and suing them for something they did in 2013. And the problem I have with that is, as we all know, you can start out as a security and then end up as a non-security. You have about six months or a year, or maybe up to three years to not to be that. Okay. So the fact that he's coming after them for something they did when they started in 2013, if you're going to do that and make example, then why not go after the King of the Hill? Where's the lawsuit for Ethereum? Where's Ethereum? Why are we going after Ripple? If you're going to do it, do it right. Okay. So that's my point. Gary had enough power when he was ahead of the SEC. When he, came. he could have ended that thing if he wanted. He could have said, you know what? This isn't right. Let's go after the big guys. We're going to set the example there. But no, he chose to you keep know why? You know why? Jay Clayton. <laughs> there you go. That's why. So It's the because they're day, corrupt. They're corrupt as hell. That's why. So at the end of the day, to me, you know, for, for all the folks there, the, the whole point of the message is Gary knows how this thing works. Gary knows today it's not a security. Why are we driving this thing for two years? Why are we on two years, Abs? Why are we going on a two-year case for something that you know is not a security? Put the freaking settlement out there. He could have easily said to his team, hey, you know what? Make Ripple an offer that says they were security back then. They're not a security now. And Ripple already said that if they got that solution, they would have taken it. They already said they just don't want to be called a security today. Why isn't Gary saying that? When he just said in the video, he explained how they work. And the way he worked, they're not a security. That was the point of that. Don't matter how old that thing is. That's what he said. And that was my point. Thank you, Johnny. And I want to clear up a couple of things. So we're getting some questions here. Uh, White House officials officially met with FTX four times during 2020 before the collapse. And Gary Gensler, I believe it was confirmed, had met with FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried at least twice. So just to clarify there. But I'd love to continue with the XRP conversation because we've talked about how after this SEC lawsuit, and I'm going to continue to repeat this. After the SEC lawsuit, Bank of America has already stated they're going to begin using RippleNet for on-demand liquidity. And when we see that take place, anybody who's operating during the old system or what we call SWIFT is going to be left behind, not only because they need to charge 17% as opposed to Ripple's fraction of a penny, but because those settlements can take up to seven days where Ripple will do that exact same transaction in less than three seconds. But we got 272 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Gary Gensler is clearly incentivized to let some of these projects fail and some of them succeed. And we're going to look at the development activity that's taken place over the last 12 months because Cardano is dominating this market when it comes to crypto development. And a couple surprising blockchains were on this list, Johnny Crypto. The top 2022 blockchains by development activity, number one was Cardano and Ethereum you'd think would be number two. No, Polkadot's number two, Cosmos is number three, Ethereum is four, and you got to go all the way down to 10 to find one of our favorites, Matic, also known as Polygon. Love to get some comments from you here. What do you think about these 2022 blockchains? And what does the development activity actually mean for the success of each of these projects? Now, well, that's now two years in a row. So the reigning champion of 2021 was Cardano. Everybody's been bashing it in 2022. And look what the look what the developers chose in 2022. Also Cardano, two years in a row. 
Cardano is the reigning champ. Um, and then when you looked at 2021, uh, Dot was either number two or number three. So no surprise there that they're still in the top. Another one that was up there was Kusama, which I don't even see it on the list. So apparently it dropped con considerably way down on there. Uh, ETH was always around four or five. Let's face it. We all know that ETH you know, is no one's number one choice because of uh, how slow and its scalability issues and all the other problems it has and the cost. No surprise. It's probably never going to be the number one anymore, but it's always going to be up near the top, I think. I think you're going to see. I've been saying this for a while. These two or three or four are going to coexist at the top. Uh, and Adam was also in the top of that list. So uh, no, what is interesting to me is number five. I've been I've been stacking and buying and loading up on number five. And I, I like to see that on the list there. No surprise. And number seven, too. There's quite a few of my favorites in there. So very interesting list. These are great early indicators to see what developers think. Doesn't mean these are going to be successful, but it's a pretty good indicator if a lot of developers are developing around these blockchains because you're going to ultimately see apps come out on them. And who knows which one is going to be, you know, one that could take this thing to the stratosphere. Andrew Cashel, I know you're going to have a different take when it comes to development activity, but before we talk about that, how do you feel about one of your favorite blockchains, Cosmos, being in third place on this list? Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a major joy. You know, Atom, it, it, it's, it, it, it's different than all those other uh, blockchains. Atom just has the inter-blockchain communication protocol, and they couple blockchains next to each other. When, For example, when Luna went down, all the other blockchains connected with in uh, IBC just were, were, yeah what we're now not heard everything just worked normal and fine so and when you also see what's what's happening on cosmos on, on atom uh, with with all those new projects and the airdrops I mean I'm a little bit a specialist in airdrops in the in the cosmos ecosystem but I make really a lot of money with airdrops and you know I'll tell it over and over again do not hold your crypto on a crypto exchange. Buy or buy, they install a, a Kepler wallet, hold Atom, Juno, and Cosmos, and maybe a little bit of SCRT, uh, 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 secret coin, and you get airdrops all, all over the time. And, and maybe it's only a couple of dollars, maybe three, four, five dollars, but I made tens of thousands of dollars with with. Uh, with, uh, with with airdrops and also with staking staking in that area it's so easy to do it, it takes a little bit of work a little bit of study but you know yeah um, uh, atom is my favorite uh, uh, blockchain and gonzo i'm not sure if this entire list incorporated every project in the market because it said something interesting about solana in this last paragraph the crypto analytics firm also said that the development activity of Solana is still strong, but has fallen drastically in 2022. And I think we can contribute a lot of that to what we saw with Sam Bankman-Fried. Before we get into our next article, Gonzo, how do you feel about Ethereum being fourth on this list? And then I want to talk about a little bit what you think this means for the actual success of the blockchain. Um, you know, it, the first thing, it, it's all data, right? So you can make data look any which way you want. Um, and so that's the only thing that I think about when I see things like this. Um it's a sentiment score, right? Not a sentiment score. Um, and so it measures uh, development activity, not the actual number of developers. Um, and, but, you know, that does correlate like what Johnny always talks about, like the more developers you have and the more development activity you have, um, it usually correlates to how successful the, the protocol or the chain can be because people are working on it, right? It's relative. Um, you know, I don't think there's ever been an argument about um, Cardano and the development activity um, I, I think what 
comes into question with Cardano is um, not that they have the activity, but will they create that one thing that has oomph, right? That one thing that everybody has to use. And that's um, what we have to wait to see what plays out. Same thing with like Ethereum. Um, you know, are they going to make that app or that DEX that everyone uses without even thinking about it, right? That's what they're all competing for. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I was, and then that's why it makes the comment about Solana because Solana, as, as crazy as everything that's gone on with it, it still has a lot of development activity on it. Um, and if it survives and it makes it through this bear market, um, it'll be because of that. It'll be because it has a core group of developers that stay loyal to it and continue to develop the ecosystem. Thank you, Gonzo. And I want to dive into this next article because I think it's important leader for what we could see over the next couple of years. But we got 267 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. BlackRock just gave a bankrupt crypto miner core scientific a new $17 million loan. And BlackRock had previously held almost $40 million of the miners' secured convertible notes. Johnny, one of the reasons I think this is so interesting is because BlackRock is telling the world that they believe Bitcoin miners are going to become profitable again. And everybody knows that during 2022, high energy costs combined with low Bitcoin prices killed the mining market. And that someday is going to reverse, right? And one of the leading indicators we can talk about is when you have several red candles in a row for the Bitcoin price chart, inevitably you get a green one. And Bitcoin just had four red quarters in a row for the first time ever, coming down to $16,500 all the way from our peak, just below 70K. So Johnny, what do you think about BlackRock indirectly telling the world that they believe miners are going to become profitable again? Also, while Bitcoin price chart is doing things we've never seen before. Well, no surprise there. They're probably the ones behind the companies that are swallowing all these up. I don't know if you realize what's happening, but this this companies out there that are buying them right now because a lot of them are going bankrupt and they're consolidating them into uh, several companies. So don't be surprised. And you saw BT, you saw Binance come out and said they were creating a one billion dollar fund to buy defunct crypto miners. These yeah. guys aren't stupid. Bitcoin's not going anywhere, guys. I know a lot of people hope Bitcoin will die. Guess what? I hate to ruin your dreams in 2023. Bitcoin's not dying, guys. It's not going anywhere. It will always be here. And the smart money right now is doing what nobody's thinking, right? It's going and it's buying them all up. It's consolidating the miners. It's going to create a nice big portfolio. And why not buy it for pennies on the dollar? You just said it. We're on the fourth... Fourth time in a row where it's had the you know four four red quarters. Don't be surprised if we get a fifth red quarter or sixth. To be honest, what you have on that chart, that's what I think will happen. But anyway, nonetheless, and of course I'm of course I would expect exactly the smart money to go be buying things when everybody's fearful. What what does Warren Buffett always say? Be be greedy when people are fearful. Be fearful when people are greedy, right? And that's what they're doing. They're going out and they're buying it all up while everybody's scared right now because they know. In years to come, Bitcoin's going to be through the roof and they're going to look like geniuses. And they're going to make millions and billions of dollars off of these uh, miners in the long run. Gonzo, I'd like to get some comments from you here. How do you feel about uh, BlackRock indirectly telling the world that they believe Bitcoin miners are going to become profitable again? And also, the shares of Core Scientific are down over 80% in just the past month, trading at $0.08 cents as of Friday afternoon. That could be a fantastic opportunity. We just stated how, and this is, we're not financial advisors, not financial advice. I don't even think I'm going to do this, but this is just a random idea. One of the things that you can look for is if a company is backed by BlackRock, they basically have access to unlimited liquidity. And that's a great thing when you talk about a Bitcoin mining company. Gonzo, what do you think? 
Um, you know, they're not wrong, right? We've seen this before. Uh, the one common theme that you see in every bear cycle that kind of marks the bottom, bottom is minor capitulation, right? Um, whether that's they sell off or <clears throat> they turn their machines off. Um, I think what's made this a little bit different with this cycle is there was a lot of leverage in the system. <clears throat> While these guys, instead of playing the normal cycle, the four-year cycle and selling and buying, um, I'm sorry, accumulating and then selling to cover their bills, um, they got greedy. They got greedy in the last bull run and they used leverage. They got loans and now they're being margin called. So now you have people like BlackRock that are coming in and buying them like Johnny O says, cheap, cheap, right? Um, with cents on a dollar. So um, I think it's something to pay attention to. Um, you know, we always talk about diversification of your portfolio. And so that could be crypto, that could be stocks, tech stocks, maybe stocks that cover, um, you know, Bitcoin mining. But um, you just have to kind of do your own research and see which of these companies is in trouble, right? Or which one of these are going to survive, or maybe be a little bit more patient to see uh, when we bottom out and then move back up, talking about in the stock market. Um, but this happens uh, every cycle and it's going to continue to happen. And it kind of consolidates power in the um, in the public Bitcoin mining arena, right? Because those are the numbers that we see. There are companies that go public, right? The private ones we can't see because they're private companies. But it's definitely, um, you know, it, it's definitely there. there's money to be made, at least for now. I have heard different theories that... Um, I haven't researched enough, but I heard developers talking about, and these are Bitcoin developers like, or in that in that community, that there is a concern that if we don't continue to make all-time highs or break all-time highs, um, that there's an issue with the profitability of mining Bitcoin and that they're starting to talk about having some kind of backup plan um, to you know figure out how they're going to deal with that in the future, especially as the halvings take place and they lose um, more and more, you know, it, it gets cut in half and they make less and less rewards. Um, you're going to really need Bitcoin to push these all-time highs for it to stay profitable in mining. But right now, for the short term, um, yeah, they're doing. I think it's smart what they're doing. Andrew Castlow, this was reassuring for me because we haven't seen four red quarters for Bitcoin ever historically in the price chart. And last week we covered an interesting indicator that Bitcoin for the first time ever in its 13 year inception is trading below the 200 week moving average. So that's another reason to be concerned. When I saw that BlackRock is actually putting in another $18 million in order to fund these Bitcoin miners, it told me that they believe the Bitcoin price chart is inevitably going to go up as well as gas prices hopefully are going to remain close to where they are or even possibly go down so these miners can become profitable again. What do you believe to be the case? Is this a good indicator even though we saw four negative quarters? Um, to my idea, uh, if I would, would be a miner and I would really have problems with my, with my cash flow, I think I would go in hiber hibernation phase. So, so that means turn down all your activities as much as possible, try to stay operational with as low cost as possible and try to survive this year. Keep your Bitcoins where they are and release all your stuff and all your costs and go from there. And I think that's also the game that BlackRock is understanding. So just keep them, uh, uh, keep them alive, the, the miners, because as soon and it can take another 12 to, to maybe 18 months. As soon as the market go, goes up again, you can make millions. But it's currently, it's just a matter of surviving this, yeah, this, uh, this, this, this down period. And I think that the, 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 the mo most of the leverage is 
I think it's out of the market, but yeah, the gas prices or the natural gas or the energy prices also go up. It's really a, a tough, a tough period for uh, not only for miners, but also for uh, what I see here also in the Netherlands in uh, with households and they cannot pay their, uh, their heating costs anymore. I mean, my, I know also a lot of guys that are mining, they also stopped mining at home because, yeah, it was now not profitable anymore. So, you know, we just have to, to, uh, yeah, to survive this period. And maybe also for other people, you know, don't rely on your investments that they can make you money on the short term. Be aware money is made on the, lo on, on the longer term. And you also need several pillars of wealth to, to, to when you want to be financially free in the future, the roof above your head cannot stand on one pillar. So that means also, if you don't have a job, get a job, get a second job, get more money, get more money in, invest and, and just survive. I mean, the pain that you have to experience at this moment will be a lot less pain than you might experience in the future. Or if you say, I want to have a easier life in the future, you have to take some pain now. And that's, yep. that's just, yeah, uh, repeating your process of investing over and over again and, and, yep. and, 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 and go from there. And I feel as if that that mindset is applicable to almost everything in life, Andrew. And anybody who doesn't know Andrew knows that he's a big fan of Bob Proctor. Am I right, Andrew? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I was several, uh, several sessions with uh, Bob Proctor. I was in Toronto several times. And uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he passed away last year. But I learned so much about him and also about, about mindset and that you really have to set your goal. And maybe it's the 2nd of January today. Um, set your goal. Also, if you do not know how to reach it, take the decision. I want to go there. Not next week, not next month. No, maybe in a couple of years. It doesn't matter. And yeah. take every day, take a step in the direction of your goal. And if you look back at the end of the day and you can say to yourself by the end of the day, yes, I took that small step in the direction of my goal. Then you can say to yourself, I was successful this day. No matter what any, anybody else tells you, Pat yourself on, 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 on the back and say, I am successful. Thank you, guys. And we got 265 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Gonzo, you're going to have 30 seconds here because we got 1 billion XRP on loss from Xcrows. Was this just a headline? Yeah, somewhat. But you can break it down for our listeners as you read the article. Exactly 1 billion XRP tokens were unlocked from the escrow on the first day of 2023. Previously, XRP was unlocked directly from Ripple's escrows. This time, it happened in unknown wallets. BitHop identified that these addresses were also owned by Ripple and held the one billion. So, Gonzo, thirty seconds here. What do you think of this article? Um, I, you know, just documenting. It's, it's not like something that's new or different. I mean, besides, like, what I mean by that is that it's a different wallet address, but they're still owned and controlled by Ripple. And this is just part of the unlock and the unlock schedule that they do. Um, I don't think it correlates to like anything that's about to happen with the lawsuit because court is the closed today, right? Uh, and I'm still thinking that it's going to be, uh, you know, basically from tomorrow into like forever, right? But we think it's going to be March. Um, but I, I think just more of the same. Um, this is a schedule that it gets unlocked on and that's it. 
Thank you, Gonzo. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to the cash flow, cash flow king himself. We got 248 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Happy 2023, my friends. I really hope this is the best year of your life. And I'm going to say that every single year. This Wednesday, we got XRP Jenna as well as Joe Mandela joining the podcast. They're going to break down all the details about XRP. Like we always say, Warriors, Ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.